This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. We're talking about, and have started a few weeks ago, about the fact that God is doing something new. And he's working in ways that is taking us into a new dimension of where we've been before. And in taking us forwards, what he's really doing is taking us backwards to authenticity. And he's taking us back to what he's all about. And reconnecting with him. And what I want to speak to you about is I want to continue with that theme. What I want to speak about and what I believe God has given me to give you today is something that I've titled Sowing the Seeds of Love. Sowing the Seeds of Love. We started speaking last week about the fact that we need to distinguish between what is spiritual and what is natural. God says, what's flesh is flesh, what's spirit is spirit. He wants for us to be able to discern and be able to decipher in our lives, in our walking, between what is natural and what is a natural contribution and what is spiritual. Because God is spiritual and the way that he's working in our lives is spiritual. And very often what we want to do is because we are so naturally inclined, it's comfortable for us to rest on our own abilities and our own contributions to that. It's very easy for us to get to the place where we believe that our understanding and our ability to make a contribution and help God out in things is really what it's all about. And God is very clear in sitting saying, I need for you to understand that the thing that I'm going to start doing in your life is spiritual in nature. God wants to do something in your life, but it's important for us to come to the place where we recognize, we value, and we appreciate that the root of what he's doing is spiritual, even though ultimately it may have a natural manifestation. So we need to be able to put a journey in place so that we have a comprehension, we're able to put a grid so that we understand where God is and what God is starting to do, and we're able to meet him at the place where he is. Sometimes part of the problem that we have and part of the challenge that we encounter is that as as natural people, we're trying to communicate with a spiritual being. Because our natural paradigm is always to default to words and language. And so what we want to do is we're looking for God to speak something into my ear. And God's sitting saying, you're defaulting to things that are natural once again. We have to come to the place where we recognize that God is going to communicate to us and he's going to communicate in the way that he wants to. But it's not always the way that we anticipate in a natural context. So it's starting to learn what it is to live in a spiritual paradigm. What does that look like and what does it feel like? I can tell you for me, when God speaks to me, God will tell me something. Bang. It'll just, that's what I get. It just, I'll be thinking about something and out of the blue, I'll have wham. It's, we use funny words like revelation or whatever you want to call it. It was something out of the blue. It was nothing audible. It was just something that happens. And God, bang, he will tell me something. And it's like, I got it. And I just know. It's like, I know that came from him. It was a couple of months ago. And he was talking to me about changes that were coming. And he said, I want you to prepare for change. And he started moving things around. And he said, I want you to get ready for those things. And I need you to make some changes. And I heard him say that. And I knew what he wanted me to do. I never heard a voice. But I knew inside of myself, it was like he was saying, this is where you're going. And this is what I need for you to do in order to prepare to step into that new dimension. 
And so we had to make some reshuffling and a bit of reorganization and move some things around internally. Why? Because God's going somewhere and he's saying, I'm working with you. I'm wanting you to prepare the way for where we're going. We've got to be able to hear the voice of God. The Bible is full of people who did incredible things because they could hear the voice of God. If you can't hear the word of God, we're in a compromised place. These are the skill sets that God is trying to introduce us to. And what he's trying to say to us is this. I understand that you're natural. I'm not that concerned about your natural because you have a school system and an education system and you have parents and everybody else that's going to help you with the natural things. What I want for you to do is I want for you to come to a place where you recognize, first of all, that there is a spiritual dimension. And secondly, you begin to understand that I need to develop a skill set to operate effectively in the spirit realm. One of the things that I need to do is I need to be able to communicate with God. I need to be able to speak to him and hear him speak to me. I need to be able to hear the voice of God. He is always speaking. The problem is not with him speaking. The problem is I'm struggling to hear. I've got to be able to hear the voice of God. There is nothing more disheartening than a functional marriage. You're married. You got the marriage certificate to prove it. You wear the ring. You go to work. You come back. You cohabit. You live together under the same roof. But everything's functional. Everything's functional. I do my thing. You do your thing. And we come together and we pay the bills and the mortgage is taken care of and we make sure that the kids are taken care of and that they have clothes and that they're going off to school. Everything's sorted out, but it's functional. Cohabitation. There are no expressions of love. In the most intimate relationship that we share on earth with another human being, we look for places for us to experience what we call love. There are dimensions to that relationship, then there are intimacies that we can go to that we never experience with anybody else. It's exclusive to that arrangement, should be. But the thing about it is you can't just tell me that you love me because that's not good enough. Love has to be an encounter. Love has to be experienced. You can't tell me simply that you love me. That's not good enough. I need to know it. I need to feel it. I need to encounter it. I need to experience it. Because if I don't, what ends up happening is it's nothing more than a notion. And the problem with the notion is that it leaves me unfulfilled and vulnerable to infidelity. If we are not at a place where we walk into and we experience the fullness of who God is and the true love of God, if we don't have encounters with the love of God and what he's all about, We cohabit with him under the same roof. And the problem with it is, is when we don't encounter his love for us, what ends up happening is we remain unfulfilled in that relationship. We know about God. We do all the functional things. I read my book and I read my Bible and I go to church and I go to prayer meeting and I come on Wednesday. I do all the functional things, but I've never counted his love. 
I was never being overrun by his love for who I am. And as a result of that, my Christianity is dry because it lives in my head and not my heart. And I'm very functional, but I'm very dry. And when I'm unfulfilled, the problem with it is I'm always vulnerable to infidelity. The places that God is supposed to touch in my life and bring me to wholeness and completion, the places in my life where he should be number one, the places where he's looking for the opportunity to reveal himself to us are places where we go to other places to get fixed and fulfilled. We're different as people. When it comes to expressing love, Sarah is a person who likes works. If you want to express love to me, do something for me. Show me that you love me. I'm not a works person. I can, I'm like, I can do it myself. I'm a touch person. I'm a touch person. If you tell me you love me, show it to me. Touch me. Hug me. Feel me. We're different in the ways that we encounter and we experience love. It's not right or wrong. We're just different. The point is, if I want to express my love to Sarah, I have to sacrifice and do something that's uncomfortable for me. I think if I love her, it's because I give her a big hug and she's like, but that doesn't mean much to me. (laughs) Sorry, something's going on here. It doesn't mean much. Why? Because that's not the realm through which, it's not the paradigm through which she wants to experience what love is all about. But if you sit and say, I understand that works are important for you, and because of that, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to do this for you. And no, it's not normal for me, and no, it's not comfortable for me, but you know what? I'm sacrificing for you, because I value you. Because it's important, I'm prepared to take something that's out of the ordinary that puts me in a discomfort, in an uncomfortable place, but I'll do it because it's sacrificial. Why? Because I love you and I want you to know it. That's why when we come in here and your life is falling apart and things are tough and the world is horrible and things are difficult, you bring a sacrifice of praise. Why? Because I don't feel like it. Because my world is hard and things are tough. And God, don't you understand where I am? And I'm tired of the battle and I'm tired of everything going on around me. But it doesn't matter how I feel. I come in and I sit and say, Father, you know what? I'm here and I'm bringing you a sacrifice. Because I don't feel like doing it. But you know what? Because I honor you and because I reverence you. And because I appreciate who you are and I value who you are. Because I see your goodness and I see your love for me. I'm going to come in and I'm going to offer you a sacrifice of praise. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. What did he say? You don't see me. You don't appreciate me. You don't value me. But I do for you. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put myself in a place where I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to put myself in a place where it's going to cost me. Because I want for you to know my love. 
I need for you to know my love. Not just that there's a God out there who created everything. Not just to know that there's a God who loves you in concept. Not just to know that there's a God who wants to provide you for you and a God who wants to heal you and a God who wants to take care of you and a God who's got a set of rules that you need to follow. He wants to invite you to a place of encounter. Where you come to a point where I've experienced him. Because when you experience him, you are never the same. It's not about him that changes you. It is Christ who changes us. We need to encounter him. That's why we don't come in on Sunday to have an exercise in music. We have to have an encounter with the king. There's a big difference. It's not about the songs. It's not about the music. That's nothing but a staircase to take you somewhere. It's taking you to him. Why? Because when you have an encounter, you can't remember the song that was playing at the time. It didn't matter. Because he touched me. Most well-known book in the verse in the Bible. Everybody knows it. Even if you don't believe it, you probably know it. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. For God so loved. God so loved. God is on a mission of love. God is on a mission of love. God sits and says, you know what? I love you just because of who you are. God so loved the world. Are you part of the world? Half of you are. I'm not sure what the other half are. If you're part of the world, you can put your name in there. For God so loved Gavin. God so loves you that he's sitting saying, I want you to know my love for you. It's not some concept up there. It's not some religious doctrine. It's not some theology that sits around the place. I want you to have an encounter with me that touches who you are. I want for you to come face to face with the Christ that lives on the inside of you and allow him to do something in your life that is transformational. So you sit and say, I know there's a God, not because I've read about it, because I met him. I met him. God so loved you. God so loved you that he is on a mission to create encounters. He is on a mission to create opportunities so that you can move to a place where you can begin to experience his love for you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What he was saying was, the only way that you're truly going to be able to have an understanding, a comprehension, and be totally overrun by my love is if I give you myself. The only thing that can adequately give you an encounter as to who I am is me. And if I don't take of myself and give it to you, you will never realize the fullness of who I am. John chapter 14, verse 9. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, if you, have seen, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. What was he saying? He was sitting saying, God is on a mission for you to encounter the Father. And what he's saying is, you are not going to get to the Father unless you come to me. 
But what he's saying is, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. What is he saying? God's sitting saying, I've got a plan. I want for you to experience my love for you. So what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to take of myself. I'm going to take my son and I'm going to sacrifice my son. Because when my son is sacrificed for you and he pays the price for you and you encounter the son, you're going to encounter the father. When you encounter the son, you encounter the father. He's creating an opportunity for once again, father and you to come to a place of relationship. And the one who's joining us together is Christ in you. Christ in you. He wants to meet you. If you're looking to meet Father God, don't look up to heaven. Look what's happening on the inside of you. He's not in some distant place out there somewhere. He's on the inside of you. If you've seen Christ, you've seen the Father. If you want to know him, go through Christ and you'll get to know him. And whoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Our ability to believe on what God has provided for us puts us at a place where we're able to move to a position where we can work with him and he can begin to do something in our lives. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. What it's saying is anytime that you hear words that speak about who he is, you can substitute the word father in there. The word and father are one. So if you have a look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 22, it says, take my words because they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Take out the word words and replace father. When you get to know the father, he is life to those who find him and health to all their flesh. You want to know how God is going to manifest his love for you? What he's saying is, every time you come to a place where you realize who I am and you encounter me, I'm going to reveal part of who I am to you. And every part of who I am is going to reveal life and health to you. Every aspect of life that is designed to touch you, you can sit and say, I've just been touched by God. The moment that you move to a place where you step into redemption, and I never used to be a person who was free, and I was able to walk into the things of God before, but you know what? I recognize that Jesus paid the price, and all of a sudden I step into freedom like I've never known it before. I'm experiencing the love of God like I've never known before, because I didn't have that. And it should be touched, something that touches and liberates and frees us from all the things that used to define me and sets me free onto a path that allows him to define who I am. I'm experiencing his love for me. Every time I talk about I'm moving into a place where I'm allowing the God to touch those parts of my heart that are bruised, that are wounded, that are at a place where they are unfulfilled. And I'm allowing him to come in and I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to fill those places. And I move to a point of overflowing and fullness of life. What I'm doing is I'm encountering wholeness. I'm encountering holiness. I'm walking into a place of freedom and experiencing life that I've never known before. When you've been freed from alcohol, when you've been freed from drugs, when you've been freed from relationship addictions, when you've been freed from all kinds of things, you're experiencing the love of God. 
It's like, thank you, Jesus. I know what it is because I encountered something that I couldn't do, but he did through me. Every time you pray and you're sitting saying, Father, I don't have the money for this bill, but I want to thank you right now that you just provide for me and something miraculously comes in. You sit and say, I want to thank you, Father, for your provision because you're manifesting your love to me. Every time your kids are sick and you put your hands on those kids and you lay hands on them and you say, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. And something happens and all of a sudden they find, you sit and say, I want to thank you for that, Father, because I'm experiencing your love for me. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for us to move into an encounter and the encounter has expressions It's not just a nebulous place. The question I get most, asked most often, is, I love that message. Tell me how I do it. So I'm going to tell you how you do it. What's flesh is flesh. What's spirit is spirit. Start with the defining between whose role is what. Because anytime we start to do what God's wanting to do on the inside of us, we derail it. There are places we have to learn to keep our hands off because it's the spirit. And I have to depend on the Holy Spirit to do that because I can't do those things. With that understanding... If you go and have a look at Ezekiel, chapter 36. I'm going to read from verse 27. It says, and I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments, and you will do them. There are a couple of things that I want you to realize from the scripture. Number one, recognize he's going to do two things in you. Number one, he's going to put his spirit on the inside of you. Christ in me. I gotta have his nature on the inside of me. I have to have the life of Christ on the inside of me. I'm gonna put my spirit on the inside of you. And what he's gonna do is, he said, and then I want you to realize once my spirit is on the inside of you, not you, but the Holy Spirit is gonna take the things of my nature and he's gonna seed your heart. And the result of that is, I'm gonna change your heart from a heart. That is functional. That does the things that are right. That takes you to church, makes you read your Bible, and all of those things. And I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Because I'm going to put Christ from your spirit into your heart. They are not the same things. This is personal persuasion. Okay, You can go and read it. You study it for yourself. The heart is the center of your being. That is what we live from. The Bible says, guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. That's where we live from. Your heart can be populated from the world or from the life of Christ on the inside of you. We don't all live from our spirits because if we did, the moment you were born again, every one of us would live like Jesus. Because that's whose life is on the inside of us. We would live like Jesus, but we don't. Why don't we? Because we have a thing called our heart. And although I am born again, and although I have the life of God residing on the inside of me, there is a place where I need to take a heart of stone 
And I have to create, a, and I allow the Holy Spirit to create a heart of flesh on the inside of me. He's going to take the things of the Spirit of God that's on the inside of me, and he's going to begin to seed my heart so that it begins to change. If you have a look at Jeremiah 31 um, and verse 33, and I'm reading the second part of the verse, it says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. What does he say? I'm taking responsibility for doing this. There are things that are going to happen in your life that you have to recognize that the Holy Spirit is going to do. There are things that are going to happen in your heart that only he can do. And what God is sitting saying is, I'm going to put my spirit on the inside of you. That is a work that I will do if you give me permission. But when his spirit comes on the inside of us, he says, and the Holy Spirit is going to take of those things. And the Holy Spirit is going to write them in your mind and write them in your heart. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. He gives us revelation so we understand what it is that he's wanting to do. But then he is the one who's responsible for doing it. He is the one who's responsible for changing our heart and changing the forces of our heart. That's what he does. We don't always know the fullness of what God wants to do in us. And we don't really have a full appreciation for it. But we don't have to worry about that. Because God's sitting saying, I'm on a mission of love. I'm on a mission of love. Because I'm wanting for you to experience my love, I don't need for you to do some of the things. I'm going to do them. Okay? What I want you to do is I want you to understand what I'm doing. And I'm wanting you to be able to partner with me so that we can walk into the fulfillment of that. If you go and have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 9 and 10, and it says, But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches the... Blah, blah, blah. The Spirit... All oh, there's too many S's. The Spirit searches all the things. Yes, the deep things of God. It's the Spirit's responsibility to sit and say, Okay, Did you get a word from God? Did you get a word from God? Let me take the things of God and what I'm going to do is I'm going to open them up and I'm going to reveal them to you. Your mind and your eye and your ear, your natural man has no comprehension or appreciation of the things that God wants to do. So I'm here as the Holy Spirit. I'm here as the great revealer. I'm here as the one who's going to take the Spirit and the things of God and I'm going to give you revelation of them and I'm going to put them on the inside of your heart and I'm going to fill your heart so that it takes The the seed that goes on the inside of you gives you an opportunity to experience the fullness of the life that defines your spirit being. He's changing our heart. I'm going to give you a paraphrased version of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is when Gabriel appears to Mary. And the angel arrives and the angel says, Mary, you're blessed. Not because of anything you've done. Just because you are you. God loves you and his grace for you is so great that he wants for you to experience it. Not only for you, but for everybody. So I'll tell you what's going to happen, Mary. The Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. 
And the words that I'm speaking, he wants to take of those things and he wants to impart them to you. And when the Holy Spirit imparts it to you, you're going to conceive, Mary. And the thing that you conceive on the inside of you is going to be of God. It's not of you. Don't ask questions like, I don't know a man. I don't need you to do this. It's the work of the Spirit. But once it's being conceived on the inside of you, understand this, Mary, you're going to go through a period where that seed is going to grow on the inside of you. And it's going to mature from a zygote to an embryo to a living baby on the inside of you. But there's going to come a time where you're going to give birth to that. And what you're going to give birth to is going to be, you're going to give birth to the Christ, the anointed one, something that comes from God, but it's wrapped in flesh. God talks to you and he says, Terry, I have you. Do you know what? I look through with grace at who you are and I'm overwhelmed with compassion and love for who you are. I want you to know me, Terry. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. The words that I speak to you, I want you to get to that place where you get involved with the Holy Spirit. Because if you prepare to spend time with him and you put yourself at a place of vulnerability through intimacy, what will end up happening is he's going to take those things of mine and he's going to seed your heart. And you will conceive of me. And the thing that you conceive of me is going to grow on the inside of you. And it's going to grow to the point where it manifests fruit. And what comes out of your life will be of me. You see, we have the life of Christ on the inside of us. The seed that the Holy Spirit uses to seed our heart is Christ. It's from our spirit. And the fruit that's produced in our life is of Christ. It's him. When you walk into the peace of God, when you walk into God's provision for you, it's everything that has to do with Christ. I'm nothing more than a channel that facilitates everything that he's doing in and through me. I thought that was quite good anyway. (laughs) When you overlay that with Mark chapter 4, It's really important because what we do is we begin to understand and have an appreciation. When we talk about the parable of the sower, what is he doing? He's talking about the fact that I'm giving you insight as to the importance and the value of your heart. When he's talking about the four different soils, what he's saying is the sower sows the word. Who is the sower? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes supernatural seed the seed of the word of God, and he plants it into your heart. And when he plants it into your heart, what ends up happening is, in some miraculous way, he plants a piece of Christ on the inside of you. This is the mystery. This is the mystery. And it begins to grow on the inside of us. The very life of Christ grows on the inside of us. What do we do? It says, we have a responsibility for the soil, not the seed. We have a responsibility for the soil. Nurture the soil. Take care of the soil. Watch the things that you allow into your heart because it's in there to steal the seed from you. You cannot do anything that will get the seed to grow. It grows in and of itself. But our responsibility is the soil. As we give preeminence and as we give 
we value and importance to the seed that the Holy Spirit begins to plant on the inside of us. So it begins to grow and it bears fruit in our life. If you look at Mark chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, And the seed was, was sown, and it grows up, and it, bear, it was bearing fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. What I would propose to you is this. The tabernacle was the dwelling place of God. But the tabernacle was defined into three key areas. The outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. Justification gets you to the outer court. Justification and what Jesus has provided will get you to the outer court. But if you want to move to the inner court, we have to embrace the work of the Holy Spirit and allow him to begin to do some stuff on the inside of us. Because when he does something on the inside of us, what he begins to do is he walks us into and through a process of sanctification. Sanctification is allowing the Holy Spirit to take the very life of God that's resident on the inside of me and to change my heart. Because every time he plants seed and that seed grows on the inside of me, it enlarges the capacity for Christ in me and for the Father in Christ to take habitation up on the inside of me. And when I move into the Holy of Holies, I move to a place where I live from that space. It's a place where my life is defined by the presence of Christ and the Father. What's important for us is the soil, our heart, and the way that we prepare that, and the way that we take care of the seed that's planted on the inside of us. The seed has everything to do with Christ and the Holy Spirit. The seed is something which is holy. Don't touch it. Don't try and do some things in your life that the Holy Spirit is there to do because we are not here to seed our hearts. He is the one to seed our heart. And if we simply prepare our heart for him and allow him to do that on the inside of us, what we will find is that our hearts will begin to change, not as a result of what we've done, but because of the way that he seeded it. fruit of what is planted on the inside of our heart is the things that we are the things that we encounter from God those are the things that speak to us in a very practical way and as an encounter of the things of him our quest is to provide a fertile heart our quest is to provide a place where the sower can sow the things of Christ in me and I care for those things and I nurture those things because they're transformational in my life the reason it's important because when we allow him to do that what it does is it changes a mere man into a child of God the way we become in a practical sense the child of God is when we allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in my heart 
are you a child of God when you get born again? Absolutely, because you have the life of God on the inside of it. How do you walk that out though? Because I live from my heart. I need to lead the Holy Spirit to begin to do some stuff on the inside of there because I want to know what it is not only to be aware of the fact that I'm a child of God, I want to live as a child of God. Father, we just want to thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for the place that you hold in our lives and we reverence you and we honor you. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to speak to each one of us now about the state of our hearts and where we are. I thank you, Father, that you love us so very, very much. That you just want to drown us in your love. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're on a quest to take the things of Christ and make them real in our lives. Make them experiential. Give us moments of encounter where we walk into a place where we realize and we experience your love for us evidenced. I thank you for this week. I pray for love encounters for every person that's here today, for every person who's listening. And we bless you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.